the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. He has strategically placed his people. And I suggest to you that God has strategically placed you and me where he has placed us. He has put us strategically at an an intersection in this world. He strategically placed you in your family and in your job or your school or your neighborhood, wherever he has put you, so that you can be a light for him and be a witness for him in this dark world. Do you ever wonder how you got to where you're at? As you listen to today's message from Pastor Dan, he encourages you that God has placed you where you're at on purpose. God has strategically placed you within your family, your geographic location, and your job on purpose. Pastor Dan explains that God desires for you to be a light and a witness for Him in this dark world. He wants you to shine your light in where He has placed you. Live with intention and know that you're a bright light for God. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel chapter 26 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Ezekiel 26, we come to uh, the judgment of the city of Tyre, the city of Tyre. And and Tyre was part of the Phoenician Empire, which was just to the north of the land of Israel. So this is their northern neighbor, the Phoenicians, in modern day uh, Lebanon. And here in chapter 26, we have a remarkable prophecy about the destruction of Tyre. In fact, it is one of the most detailed prophecies we find in the Bible. It's not a messianic prophecy. It's not a prophecy about the Messiah that is to come that we find in the Old Testament. Uh, There are many, uh, of course, Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah. Micah 5.2 tells us the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem. Psalm 22, Isaiah 53 describe the suffering of the Messiah for the sins of man. But here in chapter 26 of Ezekiel, we have this this prophecy. It's not a messianic prophecy, but it is one of the most precise, explicit prophecies in all of the Bible. And I can remember as a brand new believer, very young in the Lord, uh, hearing someone teach on Ezekiel 26 and how God fulfilled this prophecy uh, in such detail uh, that I just it it blew my mind to see God's word like this. Uh, it was penned by the prophet Ezekiel hundreds of years before it was actually fulfilled, uh, and it really was fulfilled in a very extraordinary way, as we'll see as we progress through uh, this chapter. 
Now, one of the features that separates the Bible from every other book is prophecy. Prophecy. The ability to correctly describe future events. That's what we mean when we say prophecy. The ability to describe future events. This is one proof that the Bible is a divine book. That it's not just a a, a book filled with man's opinions about God. It is a divine book. Man cannot describe future events in the detail that we find in the Bible. God himself points to his predictive prophecies as evidence of his existence. Uh, I'll read a couple verses for you if you're a note taker. Uh, The first one is in Isaiah chapter 46, verse 9. Listen to what God says here. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure here God says there's no one like me I'm the only God and here's how you know that I am God and here's how I can show you that there's none like me I declare the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done things that haven't happened yet I tell you in advance what's going to happen so that you know that I'm God again this is something that is unique to the Bible unique to the Bible is this idea of predicting future events or telling future events before they happen. In some cases, hundreds of years before they happen. Uh, over in Isaiah chapter 48, verse 3, God says, I have declared the former things from the beginning. They went forth from my mouth and I caused them to hear it. Suddenly I did them and they came to pass. I declared them, then I did them and they came to pass. He goes on to say, Even from the beginning, I have declared it to you. Before it came to pass, I proclaimed it to you, lest you should say, my idol has done them, and my carved image and my molded image have commanded them. You have heard, see all this, and will you not declare it? I have made you hear new things from this time, even hidden things, and you did not Know them. God says that from the beginning I have declared it to you. Before it came to pass, I proclaimed it to you. Prophecy. Telling you in advance things that will happen in the future so that you don't give credit to your idols. So that you don't give credit to uh, some other false god. Or I think in our days, you know, so that we just don't try to explain it away as coincidence. You know, God tells us in advance. You know, and he, he even he even challenges us to examine it and see the fulfillment of his prophecy. And so we have now in Ezekiel 26, we have this prophecy about the city of, of Tyre. In verse 1, it says, And it came to pass in the eleventh year on the first day of the month that the word of the Lord came to me. So we have a time stamp here in verse 1. It's the 11th year on the first day of the month. Now, the last time we had a time stamp was back in chapter 24, verse 1, 
where we were told that the siege of Jerusalem began in the ninth year in the tenth month. So this is now the eleventh year, the first month. So Ezekiel received this prophecy about Tyre a little more than 14 months after the the beginning of the siege of, of Jerusalem. Now, let me just give you some background on the city of Tyre so that we can better appreciate what God does here. The city of Tyre in the ancient world was one of the greatest cities in the ancient world at this time. It was uh, uh, an economic center for the ancient world. At this time, the city of Tyre controlled all of the commerce and trade on the Mediterranean Sea. They controlled all of the shipping that was taking place on the Mediterranean Sea. And that, of course, made the city of Tyre extremely wealthy and extremely powerful. Uh, Isaiah 23, 8 says, Tyre's traders were renowned in the earth. You know, their traders, their merchants were known all over the world. It says in Zechariah 9, 3, listen to this description of the city of Tyre. Zechariah 9, 3, Tyre has built a strong fortress and has made silver and gold, listen to this, they have made silver and gold as plentiful as dust in the streets. That's a rich city. Those are some wealthy people. Now, the city of Tyre was actually had uh, two parts to it geographically. Part of the city of Tyre was on the mainland in Lebanon, part of the Phoenician Empire. Part of the city was on the mainland and Part of the city was on an island out in the Mediterranean Sea, off the coast, a half mile out into the Mediterranean Sea. So you've got part of the city on the mainland, and then a half mile out, you've got this island fortress that was also part of the city of Tyre. And I have a a picture for you. If you want to bring up, this is a little artist drawing to give you an idea. That's the mainland there, and it's kind of fuzzy, but you can see. So there's this big island out there. Half mile out. That's also part of the city of Tyre. Now, this is going to be important to us uh, in understanding the fulfillment of this remarkable prophecy that we have in chapter 26. The city on the mainland, it was protected by walls and towers, and the city on the island also was protected by walls and towers. It was a fortress, it was an island fortress, a half mile out in the Mediterranean Sea. The city of Tyre was considered by the people of Tyre unconquerable. You couldn't conquer it. You know, they had, they had confidence in their island fortress. They had confidence in their walls, right? What are we putting our confidence in? What is our hope in? What's our trust in? Well, the pity, people of Tyre, they put their trust in their, their wealth, their power, their fortified cities. And nothing could ever conquer them. So it goes on in verse 2, Son of man, because Tyre has said against Jerusalem, Aha, she is broken, who was the gateway of the peoples. Now she is turned over to me. I shall be filled. She is laid waste. Tyre celebrated the destruction of Jerusalem. We see the word because again. We saw that in chapter 25. God is telling us why he's bringing judgment on the city of Tyre. Because 
Tyre has said against Jerusalem, she celebrated, Tyre celebrated the destruction of Jerusalem and Judah. She couldn't contain her joy at their fall, saying, Aha, she is broken, who was the gateway of the peoples or the gate to the nations. That's an important uh, description of Israel there. They were the gate to the nation or the gateway of the peoples. Now, why was Israel considered the gate of the nations? Because of her geographic location. You can bring up the map for us that we have. So you've got, you've got Israel, the land of Israel is right there in the middle of the screen where all these arrows are pointing. You've got Europe, you've got Asia, you've got Africa. Anyone traveling or conducting any business between these three continents, the only land bridge between the three continents is that little strip of land that is Israel. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. So any commerce, any trade that's, that's happening between these three, con- three continents, they're going to pass through the land of Israel. So it is the gate of the nations. And to the east of the little strip of land that is Israel, that's all desert. You can't go that way. You've got to pass through the land of Israel if you're traveling between these three continents. You can bring up the next the next slide for me with all the trade route. Here's a description, a picture of all the trade routes through the land of Israel connecting Africa and Asia and Europe and interconnecting them. So what did God do? God put his people at the busiest intersection in the ancient world. Why? To be a light to the nations, to be a witness to the nations. Sometimes when we think of Israel, we think of Israel as some, you know, far off place that's out in the middle of nowhere. Why did God pick that place? You know, like God put the children of Israel in Iowa or something, you know. But no, God put his people at the busiest intersection in the ancient world so that they could be a light to the nations in the ancient world. He has strategically placed his people. And I suggest to you that God has strategically placed you and me where he has placed us. He has put us strategically at an an intersection in this world. He strategically placed you in your family and in your job or your school or your neighborhood, wherever he has put you, so that you can be a light for him and be a witness for him in this dark world. To everyone and anyone who passes by, passes through your little intersection in the world. Anyone you intersect with. Now, because of Israel's geographic location, that allowed Israel to control much of the world's economy and much of the world's trade because it passed through their land. This made Israel extremely rich. King Solomon is described as the richest man 
in the world in his time. What made Solomon so rich? He controlled all the commerce that passed between Europe and Asia and Africa. It all passed through his hands. It all passed through his land. That's why Solomon became so rich. Israel, if you will, was kind of like the Amazon of the ancient world because they just controlled commerce. It all passed through their, through their land. So Tyre controlled commerce on the sea. Israel controlled commerce over land. Once Judah and Jerusalem were conquered, tired, rejoiced, saying, now she's turned over to me. Now I shall be fulfilled. And what Tyre is saying is they saw Israel's destruction as an opportunity for them to now take over the land commerce too. The gate of the nation has now passed to us. Now we can become the gate to the nations because of Israel's ruin. Tyre said, now we, we will prosper. Now, if you remember Tyre, And Israel once had a good relationship Uh, in the days of King David, for example, in the days of King Solomon. Hiram, the king of Tyre, was friends with David. Hiram, the king of Tyre, provided David with the lumber and the craftsmen to build the king's palace in Jerusalem and provided the materials and the craftsmen to build uh, the, the temple. But now Tyre celebrates Judah's fall sees it as an opportunity for their own prosperity that at Israel's expense. Again, as, as Christians, we, we shouldn't celebrate uh, prospering at the expense of someone else. You know, if you, hear, if you hear somebody has had something happen to them, we don't want to rejoice in that. We don't want to see it as a golden opportunity for us to take advantage of their misfortune. So now we come to the prophecy against Tyre. And look at verse 3. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against you, O Tyre, and I will cause many nations to come up against you as the sea causes its waves to come up. Notice God says many nations will come against Tyre, not just one nation, many nations. He says like waves come up, you know, using an illustration that the people of Tyre would would understand living along the coast there, you know, like like waves crashing on the beach. These nations are going to come upon you. Verse 4, and notice, And they shall destroy the walls of Tyre and break down her towers. Notice what he says here. I will also scrape her dust from her and make her like the top of a rock bare. It shall be a place for spreading nets in the midst of the sea. For I have spoken prophecy from God says the Lord God, it shall become plunder for the nations. God says they, meaning these many nations, uh, they shall destroy the walls, break down her, her towers, and scrape her dust from her and make her like the top of a rock. In other words, Tyre is going to be scraped completely clean. Now, this is really unusual what God says here. Usually, when a city was conquered, and destroyed, the ruins were just left wherever they fell. Uh, you know, which is wonderful for archaeologists today, because as they dig down, quite often they, they find the ruins of cities just as they fell, just as they were destroyed, and everything's still right where it fell. And usually, the, you know, when a new city is built, they just build it right on top of the city that was destroyed. Uh, some places in Israel, like Megiddo, they have over 20 cities on top of each other. 
The city would get destroyed, and they would just build right on top of that. That city would get destroyed, and they build right on top of that. And, and so they, archaeologists can cut down, kind of like cutting a, a layer cake, and, and expose all of these different cities that are built on top of, of each other. But here it says, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scrape your dust down to bare rock, so that it shall be the place for the spreading of nets by fishermen. Again, Tyre at this point, it's one of the largest cities in the ancient world. I mean, imagine, you know, somebody saying, we're going we're gonna to scrape Manhattan down to bare rock. What are you going to do with all those buildings? How in the world are you ever going to do that? It will become a place for the spreading of nets, a place for, for fishermen. Again, how? How could that possibly happen? How could this prophecy ever be fulfilled? You know, you're, you're talking about such a large city. Well, in verse 7, he gives us more details. Many nations will come against Tyre, beginning with the Babylonians. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will bring against Tyre from the north Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, the king of kings, with horses, with chariots, and with horsemen, and an army with, with many people. Now, you should note here, that God names Nebuchadnezzar by name, but this is written before the siege takes place. Don't forget that. He's writing this before it actually happens. He's, he's not writing about past events. He's writing about a future event, a future siege by Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian army. And God names Nebuchadnezzar by name, and he gives a very detailed description of what the Babylonian army will do to the city of Tyre. You know, God doesn't prophesy in, in vague terms. God doesn't uh, use very general terms or, or broad generalizations when he gives a prophecy. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't give such a vague prophecy that it's really open to interpretation and you've got to really stretch it to, and you get to make it fit into some event in history. No, God is very specific here in his word and he's very literal here. In verse 8, he says, He will slay with a sword your daughter villages in the field. So this is outside the city of Tyre. He will heap up a siege mound against you. He will build a wall against you and raise a defense against you. Very detailed description of how this is going to go. He will direct his battering rams against your walls and with his axes. He will break down your towers because of the abundance of his horses. Their dust will cover you. Inside the city, your walls will shake at the noise of the horsemen, the wagons and the chariots. When he enters your gates, as men enter a city that has been breached with the hooves of his horses, he will trample all your streets. He will slay your people by the sword and your strong pillars will fall to the ground. What a vivid description here of the siege of Tyre by the Babylonians. Now, The Babylonian army began to lay siege to part of Tyre that was on the mainland. Remember I said part of it was on the mainland, part of it's out on this island a half mile out in the Mediterranean Sea. Babylonians lay siege to the part of the city that's on the mainland in 585 BC. So just a short time after the fall of Jerusalem, they lay siege to part of Tyre, the part that's on the mainland. And we've mentioned this before. But remember, when the Babylonians would lay siege to a city, what would they do? They would surround the city, right? And they would cut off the water supply and cut off the food supply. 
And then they would just wait it out. And they would wait for the people inside of the city to starve and either surrender or become too weak to fight. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan is teaching through the book of Ezekiel. The Israelites had a difficult time trusting God, especially when things didn't go their way. But despite their wavering faith, God's faithfulness never wavered. He even sent someone like Ezekiel to speak not only truth, but hope. God had something much greater for the Israelites, and He has something much greater for you, too. If today's message with Pastor Dan on Ring of Truth has touched you, and you'd like to know more about how God can change your life, we'd love to talk with you. Please give us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. And we highly encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your growing faith. If you're ever in the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Each week, we gather together for a time of worship and Bible study, and we'd love to have you join us. You can visit our website at calvaryec.com to find directions, service times, and what you can expect when you join us. We want to say thank you for joining us today. Pastor Dan will have much more to share from the Bible when you tune in next time right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize